0: What's up, everyone? This is episode number 76 of the Wax Museum Podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. All right, guys, I've got a real fun conversation for you today with a team collector named Ryan, Um, It's hard to believe that I've gone 75 episodes without giving some love to the team collectors. But before I play that for you, I want to give you some quick thoughts on the NBA bubble, which I've been trying to do a little bit every week. As you guys know, I'm really enjoying the bubble, and especially in conjunction with the hobby right now. We've seen other price jumps on rookies and second-year players based on limited exposure. You know, Keep digging out those prism rookies. We saw Luca post an insane triple-double Saturday. Um, I set up at a show the next day, and that's about um, all that anyone wanted to talk about. And I talked about TJ Warren last week, and then he went out and dropped 39 on the Lakers. But to answer the questions I've been getting, I still don't think he's a good buy right now. And, well, I just read that he has the same foot injury that Sabonis has, so I definitely now I don't think that he's a good buy, but I wrote that earlier. Um, but anyway, TJ later in the week, he struggled uh, a bit against the heat because Eric Spostra did exactly what he should have. He ran hard traps at him. They doubled him early. They forced other Pacers to have to make shots and the, the Pacers flat out didn't, um, elsewhere. We've seen things get a bit chippy in these seating games. And I love that. Um, I saw Mo Wagner, he got in Giannis's head and Giannis actually headbutted him. And, um, he got a game suspension for it. Now, granted the game, you know, it's, it's a meaningless game, but, um, the whole thing was kind of crazy considering the wizards are are such a non-factor right now. Um, you know, probably wasn't smart, but I love seeing that fire from Giannis. And then of course we had Pat Beverly in the Clippers talking trash about Damian Lillard, basically making fun of his catchphrase and saying that it wasn't Dame time, Uh, Never mind the fact that he has sent both Patrick Beverly and Paul George home in the playoffs with their tails tucked between their legs. Well, when it came time for Portland to play the Mavs in a really important game for them, it was Dame time. And he had 61 points. Carmelo chipped in with 26 of his own. A lot of people overlooked that. Um, this Blazers team was fun to watch last year in the playoffs. You know, I talked all about them then. I was all excited about McCollum and Lillard. I wanted to get a patch of them last year, if you'll remember. Um, so I watched a lot of them this year as well. They are a completely different team with Nurkic and Collins back. And then you can slide Mello back to the three. Their size can give teams a lot of trouble. But then when they have to play small, you know, they have a number of wings that can do that as well. We've seen the emergence of Gary Trent Jr. So they have a, a factor of versatility that a lot of teams out there right now don't have. So I really want to see them get in. I think they could give the Lakers some trouble in the first round. I'm not saying that they'll beat them, but if nothing else, it gives us a little more competitive of a 1-8 matchup. You know, we're, we're not going to see that same thing in the East. All right. One more thing before I segue into today's conversation. I'm excited to announce that um, I was accepted into the Fanatics Affiliate Program. I don't do this show for the money, but um, like I've said before, there are some basic operating costs involved, so anything I can do um, to try and make a little money for the show, I I try and do as long as it doesn't really overlap or invade what what I'm really trying to do here. And I know I've read a fanatic spot in the past when I was helping to launch Binge Clear. Well, now I'm on my own, and I have my own link that you can shop through to help support the Wax Museum podcast. I actually ordered some Pacers face mask on there this week as I get ready to go back to work, just to make sure everyone knows that the Pacers are my squad. Um, I saw they even had a small selection of cards. I think there was some slab Morant prism stuff. Um, so if you'd like to help the show out in this way, you can go to www.tinyurl.com WMPod, click the Fanatics logo at the top, shop as planned, get some gear to represent your team in the playoffs, and this show gets a small commission as well. So it's a win-win. Once again, that's www.tinyurl.com WMPod. And shop through that Fanatics link. Okay, so now it's time to move into a conversation I recorded with Ryan last Friday. Some of you might know him from Instagram as Mind Cycle Cards. It was really fun talking to another team collector, and I hope you guys enjoy. All right, Ryan, we've got a jam-packed list of topics that I want to touch on today. I'm really excited about this, but before we get too far, I know things have been kind of hectic this summer, so I, you know, I try to ask a simple question: How are you doing?
1: Yeah, doing good, Kyle. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Definitely appreciate it. Um, just trying to keep busy. I got two kids, so we're trying to get outside when we can. Live in Colorado, so um, lots of things to do, but also lots of people doing them as well. Right. So we'll go on hikes and, you know, you're hiking with a hundred other people walking around and trying to <laughs> socially distance yourself six feet away. <laughs> so right.
0: it's been fun. <laughs> so uh school's coming up for the kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that'll be an interesting thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing there where you live, but um, they're, they're doing like a half and half in school and then home. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They're given some options here, so it'll it'll be interesting. That's coming up real soon. So, all right. Well, um, we've chatted a bit through Instagram messages, but it, it's nice to finally talk to you. This is the first time we've ever really talked. And um, speaking of Instagram, there's a good chance that people um, know you from there already. I believe your name is Mind Cycle Cards. Is that correct? Yeah. MindCycleCards, okay. Yep. There we go. So, uh, and I'll make sure to link all that later for all you guys listening. Um, But they probably, if they follow you, they know about your Nuggets binders. They know about the no slab movement hashtag you created. I talked about that on this show. Um, They might know about your Tim Duncan collection. And we'll talk about a lot of those things later. Um, So we already know the bits and pieces, right? You can kind of pick up who somebody is from pieces here and there, but it would be nice to have some overall context can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your collecting background or your collecting history?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I got started in the cards probably mid-80s. Uh, first cards I ever collected was Garbage Pail Kids. Um, <laughs> so those, um, it, it's kind of interesting that I picked up like some graded copies recently. People are grading those now and they're, they've gotten a little bit pricey. So that's but kind of funny. It's got to gotta see.
0: be like uh, Pokemon then too, right? Because Pokemon yeah, yeah. was big when I was in middle school.
1: Okay, yeah. See, that's a little bit past my time. But um, the the cool thing to collect back when I was, this was probably elementary school, right? It was uh, garbage pill kids and you'd get in trouble if you had them. So you had to sneak them around <laughs> and trade them under the table at lunch and stuff like that. So that's what really got me into it. And then after that, I actually got into baseball more and now you think of 86 right um, mm-hmm. was not collecting basketball in 86 which I probably should have right right <laughs> well you so many anime. other people yeah but um you know obviously uh, got into right right hitting that at the right time for the junk wax era and then 90s came and i was right there collecting backs, basketball and uh, Shaq was a rookie and all that so that's kind of my my background
0: was there ever, um, you know, any time periods where, you know, I know we've all kind of gone to school or got married or whatever, but um, have you been pretty consistent since then or have, have there been breaks?
1: Yeah, definitely a break. I would say uh, I was trying to think of what, when it, the time period was, it was when I was in high school, right. Cause it wasn't as cool. So that was probably 97, 98, like just about the time when the really cool sets came out. Right. And I, right. I got out of it around then so most of my cards when i did get back into the hobby and i'd say that probably around 2010 2011 i mean i went through my stuff and i'm like yeah this is all junk (laughs) so you know going back and picking up some of the 97 98 99 all the all the cool inserts and stuff in the 90s that was what kind of got me back into it was that a little bit
0: yeah, we'll uh, we'll hit on that some with your binders in a little bit here, but I'd say you had pretty good, well, at least you know, looking at it now, foresight into the things that you should have picked up for having come back in that late. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, so one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on today is because you are what I would consider a team collector, um, which yeah. I consider my I put myself in that classification too. But before we really dig in with the card content, uh, you know, let's talk Nuggets basketball a little bit because I yeah. know you're a huge Denver Nuggets fan. Um, and I will preface this, that we are recording this on August the 7th. So there things are always changing, but um, at this point, how are you feeling about the Nuggets heading into the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think we're looking good. I mean, you look at, um, what have we played the three seating games so far and we've got three starters out. You got Murray out. Barton uh, Harris is out. So it's been interesting to see us throw in, you know, like a Michael Porter Jr. or get some of the guys that may not get a lot of run in the, the playoffs. Although I do think Porter Jr. kind of earned some kind of spot. We'll see. We'll see where he gets well, thrown into the I, mix.
0: I thought that during the season too, and and then it seemed like he was in the doghouse. But you know, they know yeah. more than I do about him. So whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, he looks good. I I think um. I think that first game that they played him, he kind of looked like a rookie, right? And then right. I think you've heard a lot of the comments. Yeah, you know, these guys probably read social media as much as we do, right? And probably just decided to step it up for the next couple of games. And he's looked great. So, you know, whether or not he gets into the lineup in any significant significant amount uh, during the playoffs, we'll see. But I Like him, I like. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of the games. We got PJ Dozier, who we just signed. He's mm-hmm. um, he's gonna be a good backup guard, I think. And he looks, I think, he, didn't
0: he start at least one of the games?
1: Yeah, I think I want to say the last game. I didn't catch the first quarter, I was still working, but um, I want to say he, he might have started, but yeah, he, he's looking good out there, you know, and then of course. We, we lost the game, last game to Portland, but I mean, we got three starters out. We look pretty good through most of it until that fourth quarter. So I'm not really worried at all. They look really good right now to me.
0: Well, and if if um, if I ask questions based on my, these Facebook groups that I'm in, then uh, you also have the world's greatest not-so-secret weapon anymore now in Bowl Bowl, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely. I think... You know his play in the scrimmage games. That's his first time playing with a lot of these teams, so obviously they're not going to know how to defend him. I think even with Michael Porter Jr. as well, they're going to come in there and, and look at the tape and go, "Okay, we we got a strategy for these guys now." Where when they come out raw, people go, "Oh man, he's throwing up 37 points a game or whatever," and right. that, that's awesome. But you know it, whether or not that that stays the case, we don't really know. I I wish it would, but you know that they're gonna start coming up with ways to defend these guys. So I think <laughs>
0: that was. I uh, just was gonna say real quick that was yeah. T.J. Warren against Phoenix. Yeah, uh, it was Javon Carter. It was Bridges. It was like nonstop swarming at T.J. Warren. Yeah, um, you know, like, and I, I know I criticized Brett Brown for not doing that. Well, Monty Williams could do it. Yeah. But- I digress. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: you know, it, and, and this kind of relates to the hobby as well, because people get a lot of, you know, they get hyped up on these guys and they're throwing up massive numbers in these games. And we got to realize that they're rookies, you know, they nobody's seen them play a whole ton. So they're going to figure out some strategies for them. Now, maybe they work through those and that would be awesome to see. But I, I kind of see them coming back to reality. You, you never know, though. I think he looks great. Well, this is Porter Jr., and I think Bobo looks great, too. Um, really excited about that
0: yeah the cool. good thing about those guys too is that and and i mean granted you know you're in the three seed i would hate i would absolutely hate to have to play the rockets in the first round I know. um you know even if you think you're better than them it's just it's that's a tough first round matchup it but is. you've got size in abundance mm-hmm. and you know against the rockets especially they don't they they're going small intentionally yeah. Um, so that's that's just a really weird matchup. I mean, anyone with Houston right now is a really weird matchup.
1: Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that, too. I mean, I. I don't I don't know who who we should play, you, you know, it's, it's it's a tough throw up. To, yeah, to I work. don't.
0: Yeah, I don't think the way Dallas is playing, I don't think they're going to move up any, um, you know, I would probably rather play the Thunder, but, you know, they look good, too. So, yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's get back to the cards here. I, I could talk about that kind of stuff all day long. <laughs> <Same here. laughs> um, as I said, you're, you're a big time team collector. Uh, I am too. Here I am, you know, 76 episodes in, I really haven't had a team collector chat yet. So this will be fun. Um, I figure we've gone about things in relatively different ways though. And that's kind of the, the beauty of collecting I see a lot of stuff out there that I really want, but I know as a team collector, I can't have it all. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have room for it either. <laughs> um, can you give us an outline of your overall approach to your Denver Nuggets collection?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I got a, uh, probably two different things that I collect. Um, collect a lot of the 90s stuff. So I'd say around 96 to like early 2000s era, I mean, just some of the best-looking cards out there, inserts, rare parallels. I mean, PMGs, rubies, all that stuff. Even the stuff that's not necessarily talked about a whole ton and just looks awesome during that time period. It was, in my opinion, cards are kind of maybe dying down, right? So they had to come up Mm -hmm. with some new ideas. And they came up with some really cool stuff. Uh, So that's that's part of what I go after is that time period. Um, I do... I do pick up like the 2000s stuff, like late 2000s, um, mostly for my refractor set. I I think I posted a video on this. I'm working on a binder that's pretty much refractors from 93 through the end of the tops era. When is that? 2009, 10. Yep. So that's that's one thing I've been working on. Um, Other than that, I do just team sets every year. So for some of the lower end stuff, and I'll just put a binder in of hoops, Donruss, um, you know, revolution set of nuggets, uh, just just low end cards is just kind of fun. Right. Uh, That's
0: gives you some continuity from year to year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I have them going back. Yeah maybe 2013 i think i i have enough to fill up more binders this is the time to do it right i have stuff from the 90s i could fill up these binders with but just finding the time to actually put those in a binder and sort them is is another issue right
0: yeah time and cost i mean we'll talk about the z folios here in a moment but um you know those aren't cheap no so I, i imagine that adds up over time um now, and, and kind of a, a big difference between us, although I have seen some patches lately, and I know you have some here and there, but it seems like you don't do as many, probably, of patches. You're more into the shiny stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I did throw up a video of my Panini stuff that I have, and I don't know if you saw this one. It was my most recent one. It's in my um, custom mag case box. Uh, so that's all, like, my Panini v- ntrpas flawless rpas stuff like that so i do Mm. i do still go after that stuff now the last couple years not so much because we've got michael porter jr and now we got bobo who's super hyped up i mean the the stuff is just a little crazy it was
0: easier when it was evan fournier right
1: (laughs) exactly yeah or you know gary harris i got a lot of his stuff um even joker his rookie year was was cheap and that's where i got most of my stuff i have a lot of what you would quote-unquote high-end, you know, consider high-end. But it's all stuff I picked up as a rookie year, and it was definitely not as pricey as it is nowadays. So, right. um, yeah, so I do I do collect the patch stuff as well. I, I love that stuff. But um, I find myself, yeah, gravitating a little bit back in, into that 90s through 2000s period for refractors. And then I also do uh, team sets of more high-end, I guess you'd call it. I mean... Back when I started, like, PRISM wasn't considered high-end, right? Now right. it's hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars a box, right? Yeah, yeah. All...
0: I've said this before, and I, I know it's just going to be hard for people to wrap their heads around. Like, PRISM was not a big deal in 2012. No. <laughs> it, it just wasn't. Uh, and I was disappointed that I even busted a box at the time. <laughs> I was upset with myself, but, you know, times the times have changed.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, busting a box of uh, thirteen fourteen, pulling a Giannis base and a Giannis base and just kind of looking at it like oh okay, whatever, and just throwing it into a pile. And now that's <laughs> cards worth hundreds of dollars just for the base card, right? It's kind of well, interesting to see where yeah, we have come.
0: I've told the story of you know, my loan twenty twelve box where I traded my one silver for like ten base cards to the shop owner. <laughs> it was like, yeah. was a, and it was a garnet you know not i mean the garnet you know hasn't been a super expensive card over the years but looking back not my not my finest trade but, <laughs> who, knew? who knew yeah i mean who knew you know it was it, and even then refractors base refractors weren't all that valuable from tops chrome from certain years so yeah you know i can defend that move i'm not happy about it but i can defend <laughs> it so all right so so we know you're big on the binders then um, and in fact, I would say that um, I wish I had started that a little earlier. you motivated me to move a lot more towards the shiny stuff. I've started a gold binder of my own. Oh, nice. Um, I figure this factors, this whole binder thing factors into some of the no slab movement that you, I guess I would say you popularized that at one point this year. You came, you didn't popularize the uh, anti slab necessarily, but you came up with the hashtag. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, that's um, so. So Steve, uh, he's a big Celtics collector. Uh, S Howley, two thousand three, I think, is his um, Instagram yep. name. And
0: and people have heard him on here talk about Jay Crowder too. Yeah,
1: and his, um, you know, his his way of organizing his set needs and stuff. Actually, I've used that video that you put up to start an Excel document on my own and and track some of the stuff I'm working on. Oh, so nice. that, that was a cool one. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I saw a post from him. Uh, where he was actually literally taking a hammer and busting out his, <laughs> his cards from BGS slabs And I was like, man, I would do that. You know, I wasn't doing it with a hammer. I was just doing it with suppliers, but we were talking about it and we just, we just started chatting about that whole thing. And, and um, I threw up a post and he threw up a couple more posts. It was like, we should probably name this something, you know? So <laughs> no slab movement came to mind
0: and we just ran with it. Yeah. When I talked about that, um i mean i'm sure you got some really interesting messages because i know i did and i didn't create it i didn't push it you know i was just just some here it was kind of funny to me and i loved that there was an image you used of someone breaking free from chains <laughs> yeah. and uh pe- man people got worked up by that
1: yeah uh, <laughs> you know it, it's kind of funny because it, it it didn't really start off as like hey we want to get people all riled up about this it was more we're busting these out and we're putting them in binders because I love binders. Uh, I've always kind of collected like that, you know? So it was taking some of these cards that you're just sitting in a box, you're not really looking at it, taking them out, putting them in a binder so you can enjoy like more of a set uh, like a Nuggets gold refractor set, for example, or something like that. Uh, So that was really the motivation behind that. And then we just decided to do some, you know, kind of funny post about it just to get, people's see what people thought i guess
0: (laughs) yeah and and i'm not you know i have slabbed cards i have raw cards i don't i don't do a lot of well i've only graded like once or twice myself um but it is um i saw i saw steve uh steve's gonna get a lot of love today by the way we got some other (laughs) stuff about him i saw him uh Cracking open a Crowder RPA this week. It's kind of yeah. jarring to watch that.
1: <laughs> yeah, his technique is 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 almost a little violent in a way. I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's um, I got one for you here. I got something for you here. Um, you have a beautiful copy of Carmelo Anthony's Topps Chrome Gold refractor, yeah. rookie refractor. Um, I wanna say it's a 9.5. Is that right?
1: Uh PSA nine.
0: PSA nine, okay. Um, you said in one of your videos here, and I'm not, I don't want to pressure you either way, but you said, I think the quote was, I'm not quite ready to crack this one out or something to that yeah, effect.
1: Yeah. And it, and you know, um, uh, yeah, that's one I'm on the fence about because <laughs> yeah, it would look really great in the
0: binder. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you know, to me, graded's great. There's, there's a purpose. There's a reason behind it. Um. A lot of people say protection. To be honest, I don't think it's any more protected than you know putting it in a top loader and a sleeve, right? Yeah. But um, there's that element to it. There's the the pricing element to it. Obviously, when people see graded, they know yes, I'm going to buy this, and it's going to be this great or close to it. I mean, you want to look with their eyes. You don't just want to judge what the uh, flip says, but yeah. That's when I have gone back and forth because it's the last one for that uh, gold set that I need to put in the binder. So I probably will do it, to be honest. I just, um, I've been a little bit lax on the whole busted and out slab, So maybe I'll get a day and just do them all at once and I'll post a video when it's done.
0: I I would, (laughs) if I were you, not that you just asked me for advice, but this is my show, right? So I would print out a picture of the card on photo paper, And put that in your binder. (laughs) There you
1: go. All right. That's that's a good thought.
0: I, yeah. Well, I say that. that, I say that. And um, a a friend of mine gifted me a a David Harrison Gold Refractor BGS 95 after I interviewed David on the show. And, you know, I thought that was a really thoughtful thing of him to do. Um, And I thought, I also thought, man, I'd love to have this in my binder. But I couldn't do it. I actually bought a second copy. I know. I know with <laughs> Carmelo, that's not as yeah. doable. Not so
1: much anymore. Maybe two years ago, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's talk more about your Nuggets collection as a whole because it's not just all the shiny stuff. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I talked about um, tracking down a former collector using pictures of his tattoos. Right? Kind of a Uh, weird thing. I'll I'll try and soften it a little bit. A weird thing to do, right? You could use a number of words to describe that. Um, But I found, you know, sometimes when it comes to finding these hard to get cards, you have to go to extremes. So do you have any examples of um, strange or maybe a better word is creative methods or resourceful methods that you've used to track down rare nuggets cards?
1: Well, not so much um, strange, but I guess uh, maybe a more interesting story was, I don't know if you saw my um, Keon Clark uh, Essential Credentials. It's a 98, and so it's his rookie year. It's out of 13. Like, impossible to find, right? Right. Um, I've been talking to this guy who lives in Boulder. He's another big nuggets collector named Rob.
0: I know Rob. I've traded with Rob, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Great guy. And and we've just been talking back and forth about just – Getting together sometime at a at a trade night or at a at a card shop or something. It makes it hard because I got kids, so like every weekend I'm doing something with the kids, and we just haven't been able to make it work. But um, we did we did a trade kind of at the beginning of um, the stay at home COVID stuff, right? And we just did a trade through the mail. And um, a couple weeks later, I had commented on Nat Turner's post of the Keon Clark card in his collection that actually Rob had sold him and i just said this is awesome card i love this card or something like that and rob reaches out he's like you know what i got another copy of that (laughs) i want you to have it in your collection so let's work something out and um we went back and forth a little bit on on what we're going to trade and we finalized the deal and we decided to meet up at a local card shop around here first time i met him and um i had my kids with me so (laughs) didn't get to spend a whole ton of time uh we could have talked nuggets all day he actually worked the nuggets back in um i think the late 90s to the mid 2000s -hmm. so a really cool guy but yeah he uh just out of the blue he's like yeah this this needs to be in your collection and i was just super flattered by that and it was just awesome to to have just people reach out and just help other people out you know right something rare like that which it's kind of funny because i posted there you know there's the two versions of essential credentials right you got the the now and the future. This is the future version. I posted the now and what in my top 15 countdown of nineties nuggets cards. And I was like, I'll probably never see the future version. And then a month later, I own it. So yeah. it's crazy how it works, you know?
0: Yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. I will forever be jealous of Rob because he, he has already achieved one of my bucket list items, which is to get on an NBA card he is uh oh yeah he was a ball boy for the nuggets and um when they had all-star weekend there he's in the background of several cards like sitting at the yeah. scores table or something or holding a towel yeah um super jealous of that
1: I remember him posting about that that's that's so cool yeah just a really cool guy i you know he's has I'm sure he's got tons of stories uh, so just just fun to be around collectors like that you know and just swap stories about collecting cards or just basketball in general you know
0: yeah so um we talked about steve our resident what do we want to call him boston slab cracker that sounds kind of it sounds kind of oh, derogatory okay. but um we talked about him and his crowder collection earlier and, and when i talked to him on this show there were um he cited a couple of challenges that um more or less were specific to player collecting be it people holding you know Jay Crowder one-on-ones hostage for way more than they should, because they knew there was one guy that wanted them. Yeah. Can you Say that there are um, maybe some of the same challenges or, or are there any, you know, team collector oriented challenges that you've come across?
1: Not necessarily. I mean, The honest truth is you don't get a lot of people collecting nuggets. Um, So there's not a lot of competition. Um, I always thought like back when I was buying stuff and I saw Rob's post, I'm like, man, am I buying these out from under him? Is he trying to get these? And I think he wasn't even really trying at the time because his collection of 90s stuff is just insane. So he probably had a lot of these cards that I was going after. But I think um, you get set collectors, right? So some of the rare 90s stuff, I'm probably competing with them more than like a team collector. Now right. I've seen a lot of uh, Nuggets collectors nowadays because we got we got some pretty great players on the team. You know, you got Jokic and all that. But I don't really see a lot of people going back and collecting that time period of the Nuggets. Right, I mean, for me, that was just a, an awesome.
0: They're not trying to get like uh, Johnny Taylor masterpiece, (laughs) yeah,
1: or Alfonso Ellis or something like that, or Ellis on the Nuggets or whatever. (laughs) I mean, when I see that stuff, I get super excited. But for other people, they're probably like, "Who is that?" Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, you you know, and I and I've had people try to be like, "No, I'm I'm only going to sell you this card. It's worth this," and I'm like, "No, it's ten times what it's worth," and I just pass. I mean, I like I like cards, but I don't need to overpay for them. And I've never had that kind of mentality. Like I have to have it. I'd like to complete sets, but if I need to wait another year for that card to pop up, I'm fine with it. So yeah, that stuff happens, but um, I just kind of let it slide and move on, you know?
0: Yeah. The the good thing is there, you know, you're not collecting just one guy, so you can always you know hopefully get another player in a similar set or something
1: that's true yeah i mean a lot of these people that focus on one guy it's got to be hard because you see that card that you can pop up and it's it's almost like you, you almost have to go after it if it's especially if it's a one-on-one or something rare and that's all you collect right so yeah. that can be challenging for me i'm like yeah okay well and you know I'll grab the next cool nuggets card that comes up That that is a, a benefit i think
0: um Earlier, I, I think I already mentioned one of your side collections that I know about, but I'm I'm gonna act oblivious to it here, so I can ask this question <laughs> here. Um, do you have any side PCs um, that, um, or or is that something you've had to sacrifice for your main focus here?
1: Uh, I got two. Well, th- I, I'd say three main ones. Um, my Tox Chrome Refractor Rookie collection. So that's one of them vintage um i try to pick up benches when i can i'm actually working on the 69 Tallboy set i'm about okay. 18 away and then another big one is my uh, Duncan collection
0: Talk, tell me a little bit about your Duncan collection
1: yeah sure um i started collecting on just really had a lot of respect for him when i started getting back into cards again you know i was obviously he's knocked us out of the playoffs so many times you'd think i i wouldn't like him or the spurs or anything like that but i just think there's something about
0: we should specify here tim duncan and not duncan robinson for all you 20 people out there (laughs) there
1: you go yeah exactly (laughs) um but yeah there's just something about the way that he played the game that was always appealing to me now he didn't have the most flash or anything like that but just solid he's just a solid guy he just got the job done obviously won a bunch of championships mvp um all-star visits all that kind of stuff so uh that was appealing a little bit but just the fact that he was in so many of the cool sets i mean that really that pushed it as well not just admiring his playing but the fact that i could go out and grab some of the coolest inserts out there you know from the 90s um so I, I I try to focus on just really cool '90s, even even into 2000s a little bit. Uh, but I love all the the '90s sets that he was in. I mean, he was in every single one of them, right? Yeah. Uh, all the flair and Skybox cool inserts, like the uh, Metal Universe. There's there's the inserts sets in that. Of course, I don't have like the PMGs or anything. Probably a little bit out of my range, but uh, just all the Skybox. Clear shot slash skybox sets that he was in you know
0: yeah i pulled a um i know you mentioned early 2000s as well i pulled a from 2000 chrome a uh, fresh paint refractor of him oh and yeah it was um i mean one of the nicest cards i've ever seen i'm, I'm still visually. looking that one oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> that one's long gone unfortunately but... yeah <laughs> um, i mean I, I i more than paid for my box for it uh, and this this actually wasn't that long ago it's it, in oh, hobby yeah. years it's a long time but it wasn't that long ago but um, that's a really that was, cool one. yeah that was a, an amazing looking Duncan card i actually well i kept a picture of it at least on my phone because i'm <laughs> like man this thing is just so cool but i couldn't justify owning it there's too many people that wanted it and and liked it better than i did
1: yeah for sure that's that's the fun part about the hobby is I, I haven't been able to do it much anymore at box prices, but pulling something and just being able to be like, oh, I know a guy that collects this. Let me see if they need it or something like that. We were talking about this. I was talking about this with Steve in a uh, small town, if you know him, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just talking about how that's that's so hard to do anymore is just be able to get a box of cards and open them and, and pull out some cool cards that you know other collectors might like because you're paying hundreds of dollars for these boxes. I haven't broken a box in like two years, to be honest. but. Um, yeah.
0: I've kind of um, shifted to buying binders and lots and small collections. Yeah. I, I've actually found um, it kind of gives me the same feeling. Like, now, granted, you know, I'll try and preview stuff as much as I can because I don't want, I'm not going to buy a lot that I'm going to lose money on. Yeah. But, you know, that's like I came across a Carrie Kittle's, you know, Ultra Stars Gold the other day. It's like, oh man, you know, somebody's yeah. looking for that. Not Definitely. me, but somebody's <laughs> looking for it. Uh, yeah, yeah that's
1: cool yeah i like that idea just uh and you know i did the same thing I, I went through a bunch of my 90s stuff and i was i was just looking i was really honestly i was looking for like base cards that i could sell because yeah. all these uh you know like the shack base card <laughs> rookie card and all that i'm like man if i could sell that for 100 bucks i got a couple of them and put that into nuggets cards or something right but um yeah i, I ran across some cards and
0: send them out to some people that hopefully we'll get them soon and be excited about it awesome um now from from the few you know we've we've had interactions over the years um all all kind of pretty informal message boards instagram that kind of thing yeah so i i feel like i kind of know you but not really um but from our interactions and from what we talked about earlier i know you're a bit older than me um probably Mm -hmm. about six or eight years um and so i'm going to ask you to put things in context a little bit and i want to use that to cycle back around to your philosophy of collecting which you kind of just alluded to um i wasn't collecting during the david robinson craze or the Shaq craze Uh, i was you know i was just too young and even if i was collecting i wouldn't have been able to understand what was happening Um, but you mentioned it earlier you were i mean you were collecting probably 86 yeah. tops baseball though. And then Smack
1: in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then
0: into the, you know, David Robinson and Shaq. So um, I saw you mention in a chat this week that you see a lot of parallels from that era when it comes to collecting today. And this is, you know, kind of a heated subject. Are we in a bubble? Are we in a junk wax era? Um, you know, these are all opinions, right? Yeah. So it's it's, you know, I know people out there get kind of upset or get, you know, they're very attached to a site. These are all opinions. These are all observations. So just use this to form your overall context. Um, but can you talk a little bit more about the parallels that you remember from collecting in that time and what you see today?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I, I said something like um, on the timeline of the junk wax era, we're probably sitting at 1993 or somewhere <laughs> something along those lines, right?
0: Okay. So um, paint, paint that picture for us.
1: Yeah. The, the, the reason I say that is not that, I, I mean, you you probably saw my blowout post. I had a blowout post that basically said, how are we not in the junk wax era? And I was I was mainly getting, um, just wanted to get reactions from people just to see what they thought. Now, back then, um, a lot of people are, are telling me, yeah, you can't be, we can't be in the junk wax era now. That was all just base and it was massively overproduced <laughs> base and it was in every gas station. It was in every supermarket uh well that's true. I think you have a little bit of a different dynamic nowadays to where, you know, we only have a couple distributors that you've got Target and Walmart and things like that. So you don't you don't have every gas station, every supermarket having cards, but you still have a lot out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you know what's more convenient than walking to a convenience store is buying cards on your phone.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> and that's really the other the other side of it too. It's not just I'm going to go into a card shop or I'm going to go into a gas station, buy it. Now you can buy it directly from Panini. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So not to say that, um, not to, to, to side with one side or the other. I mean, I'm probably more on the, yeah, we are kind of near either at the peak or nearing the peak of uh, another quote unquote junk wax era. Now I just use that as the term loosely. It's, it's not necessarily the same in every aspect. But I do see a lot of similarities to like the Zion hype and what happened in 92 with Shaq, you know, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, just people going nuts for that stuff. Cause they think he's going to be the next huge thing, like the Ooh. next Jordan. Um, maybe, maybe LeBron's the next thing we have to the next Jordan, you know, who right. knows? And that's, and he's still playing and, and you had at that time period too, you had Shaq, you still had Michael Jordan playing, uh, as well. Um, so that was just, it's it, it there's similarities there just a lot of things the the sheer amount of production out there i mean where are we at now with prism this year at like 40 parallels Jeff yeah Robbie. something crazy <laughs> if you add in all the retail and the fast break and who knows how many parallels 80 you know maybe it's double. Right. Up. <laughs> but um
0: we're getting there
1: yeah my argument was more we're not necessarily printing the same base card millions of times but we have so many parallels now that it's almost like a false scarcity you know yeah. they want you to, you know panini wants you to think okay this is a rare card because it's out of 25 well if there's 10 out of 25s from the same release <laughs> is it really rare so that you know that or, or when the there's kind of
0: two stuff. different one ones in the same set the
1: yeah black exactly. and
0: Gold or uh, um, nebula
1: yeah and i think i think actually prism if you count uh, fast break and all that stuff. Isn't there probably closer to four or five one-on-ones?
0: There might be. I don't, be. Like I don't anything practice. that once it goes disco and neon, I, <laughs> I stop. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that, that's really was my argument um a little bit. And I just wanted to get people's opinions and that, that thread was fun. Obviously um a lot of people had different opinions, maybe a little bit. Um I, I wasn't trying to be negative about it. I was just trying to get some conversation going around it, but just the I see a lot of parallels, you know, to those, yeah. those two time periods. Just It's
0: good to have the conversation. And even, yeah. you know, we we saw that kind of collapse that happened after Shaq. And, I mean, Shaq had an incredible career. It's, you know, it never dipped. Yeah. I, I know later, you know, he had stops in Phoenix and Boston and all that. But, you know, Shaq's legacy is, is cemented. And still, those cards were worthless for a long time because, yeah. you, you know, you have to be – just so good for those cards to even keep their value, and then even you know, too many is too many. There's only so many you can have.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah.
0: So what I've seen lately, and and I've talked a little about how I'm trying to do this myself. I've seen other people doing this. Uh, you're riding the waves, and you're getting some nugget stuff that um, is really really nice. I mean, you're trading now. You're trading stuff that's hot in the moment, but uh, is very liquid in yeah. the long term so tell me a little bit more you know maybe tell me a few pickups that you've had and and what your thoughts are on that process
1: yeah definitely yeah i, I um threw up a post on blowout it was actually i think the the title was something along the lines is turning base into logo mans and <laughs> <laughs> when but i, that's I not about,
0: it wasn't hyperbolic
1: yeah yeah it was <laughs> it was actually uh chatting with steve and uh, jason you know at that's how we 2003 in small town. And, uh, we just thought it'd be funny, you know, then this is probably right around the time of stay at home is, is the card market was booming and you've got base cards selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. i just like, man, you could turn these base cards into logo, man. And, um, I kind of took that as a challenge and sold off a lot of my stuff. <laughs> um, not necessarily any, and it wasn't really anything that I didn't like, you know, I picked up all these cards because I liked them, you know, but I thought, Man, this can't last forever. And some of those cards, yeah, they have gone up a lot more since I sold them, but wasn't really the goal. The goal was just to turn that stuff into big cards. And so the biggest one I picked up was a uh, Jamal Mori Logoman Auto from his rookie year at Immaculate. And that was selling a lot of those cards. Now, they weren't all base. Just, right. And I, say, I, I said that in my post too, you know, it wasn't all base that
0: led to that but um it
1: was, it was a lot.
0: all very replaceable stuff
1: yeah exactly and that that was my thought you know now short term i'm going to sell that stuff and then if i want it back i might be paying a higher price but i'm not really looking at short term i'm five years out maybe it's not the same price as i bought it at 10 years ago but it's still a lot less than you're looking at now so if you can my thought was i i saw other people doing this so this is anything unique to what i was doing or anything like that but i was I saw other people turning base cards into big cards. I thought that that looks pretty cool. I'm gonna try it. Uh, so yeah, I picked up a lot of really cool '90s cards off of that. Um, obviously, that that logo man, that um, Jamal Murray. I picked up a Carmelo Anthony logo man. And my I'm personal
0: favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Top's big game.
1: Top's Big Game, yeah. Was it uh two thousand and four or five? Two thousand five, uh, yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that that was really fun. That was um I ran out of cards to do it. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I do have a couple TJ Warren and I've been considering. I think I uh, talked to you about it. I was like, man, should I sell these? Now I might have missed the boat on that. But uh yeah, you know when I hey, when you I can thank
0: happened. Javon Carter for that. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I'm not really trying to do that i'm not trying to go out and buy the hype guys it just sometimes it happens you know i follow my cards and that's really what i i was saying in that post too i follow my cards and if i see my cards go up and i'm like well i'm not super attached to this let me move it along to somebody else who maybe might enjoy it and make some money and put it back into my pc yeah, a
0: lot of it's about, I I think, is about opportunity as well. Like that Carmelo Logo Man, it might have been on eBay for a long time. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but at some point, somebody, some Nuggets collector is going to grab that, and it's probably not going to be available. I mean, yeah. I have, I've had some cards, well, pretty much anything big, like a big 101 or a Logo Man that goes into my PC doesn't come out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some of the other stuff, even if it was numbered to 10 or 25 or 50, it might cost you more later on, but you should still be able to find it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I thought too. Cause I moved some of my, um, I, I was actually collecting prison for a long time. And so I had silvers from, um, 2012, 13, right. A lot of the, mm-hmm. the rookies, I sold a lot of those, uh, during that time. And some of them might have gone up, like I said. But those cards to me, I could probably get them down the road if I really want them. And yeah, me, I got like my Nuggets collection a little bit more than that anyway. So I moved even a couple of those. And that some of those funds even probably went to that Carmelo because you're right. It's a 101. It's not going to be available once somebody buys it probably. Or you're going to wait a couple of years. Maybe they sell it in a couple of years and you get lucky if you see it again. So yeah, that, that was really my thought process on that. And that's where I went into it. I said, I'm not going to just sell these base cards and then pick up other base cards with the <laughs> profit. I'm going to actually pick up something that's rare. You know,
0: you don't want to move the chairs around on the Titanic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I know, I'll know probably catch some flack for that. Um, <laughs> all right. So Ryan, it, um, we're going to have to do this again because um, we have only scratched the surface, but you know, you got to, You got to leave people with a little bit of a little bit of stuff to come back to. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today. And I I do want to be respectful of your time, but as we start to wind things down, I got one or two more things for you here. Um, Do you have any advice for someone out there that's maybe thinking about starting a team collection?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The way I started getting back into the nuggets and this is after uh, i mean i've always watched them right but this is back getting back into collecting cards again was i'm just going through my old cards now um, maybe not everybody has the opportunity to do that if if they weren't around and collecting the 90s or the 2000s or whatever but you can still pick up uh, team lots off of ebay and a lot of times even for the newer sets i I'll just search you know it's 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 become hard to break boxes right or join group breaks i used to do that but they have become expensive too even for hoops you know where you think yeah. oh I'll join for 10 or 15 bucks now it's like 100 bucks to join and, and hoops spa.
0: used to suck <laughs> yeah exactly
1: um, so so um you know if if you want to start there just start small and just start putting the binders together it's fun um even if you just have to buy singles But but like i said there's a lot of times you can just buy a lot of stuff so if it's uh, a lot of the, the particular hoop set or something, maybe it's every card but the rookie or something, then you go chase that rookie, or it's a lot of a couple different years worth of stuff that somebody's just getting rid of. And they say, This is a D- Denver Nuggets lot. You can start there, you know? And um, that's really fun just to put those sets together just on the low end, and you can just build up from there. You can eventually get up to the refractors, the gold prisms, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that I would add, from my personal experience, um, become good friends with the people that collect that same team. Yeah. Because for a number of reasons, I mean, it's not all for self interest. It a lot of it is they do, you know, you look out for one another, right? It makes it more fun. Yep. Um, but also, um, I, I've talked about Steve, the Pacers collector on this show before steve 21. Oh um, yeah. We message one another and I'll just say, look, I'm willing to spend X amount on this card that's on auction right now. And yeah. it's kind of like, we kind of do the bidding ahead of time. And if he says, Oh, I wasn't going to go that high. All right. Thank you. Please don't bid me up. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it works out great. It's like a, so, a little social contract. Um, but you know, and I, and we, we help each other out. Like I sent him a listing for a Danny Granger one-on-one this week. So you just, um, you, you figure out ways to help one another out. And those guys, you know, if they're already collecting that team, they probably have been in this a while and they, they can probably point you in some of the right direction.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I do the same thing. Uh, shout out to Nuggets fan 24. He's uh, relatively new back into the hobby, but uh, he, he, he collects um, nuggets mainly McDice. Uh, he collects Bobby Jackson. Bobby Jackson was, of course, drafted in '97. Right. He collects him, and he only played for the Nuggets for a year, so he collects not only that year, but um, his whole career. So I'll help him out too, and we're always going back and forth on uh, on chat. Just hey, did you see this card? Do you need this card? <laughs> you know, um, and then I there's been cards where I'm like, Oh, I might bid on this. Oh, maybe he needs it. So I'll, I'll shoot him a message. You're going to bid on it. And then I'll just kind of stay away. Cause I don't need every card out there, you know? Right. Um, and he'll just tell me, yeah, you know, maybe this McDice one's going to go for more than I want you, you go ahead. You know? So uh, I totally agree with that philosophy. It's just fun. You know, we don't need to have every single card ever. Right. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's not necessarily, needed or anything just to enjoy it and sometimes enjoying it just means you help somebody else out
0: there's there's always that introductory period where um you're learning to trust one another like any you know working relationship (laughs) like and i don't i don't have this issue with steve but it's like if i ask him about this card and he hasn't seen it is he now going to bid on
1: it yeah exactly yeah and and i found that most people are pretty cool about it, usually. Um, yeah. You know, you think that it, it. sometimes when you're bidding on on these auctions, right, you're like, okay, somebody's competing against me, and it might be the same guy and over and over. And then when you finally meet that guy, they're cool. You know, they're they're cool right. people, and, and you can talk to them, and there's no, like, oh, yeah, you were always the one that bid me up on these cards, and I had to spend $100 more <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's, it's always just – uh, fun just to see what they got and what you got, you know, and just and just swap stories or something.
0: Yeah, I that's what that's what happened to me with a, a Thad Young collector once. I finally <laughs> we had a conversation. Finally, like we got to stop doing this to one another, and uh, <laughs> it it really helped us both out a, 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 after that.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, Ryan. Well, well, thank you again for coming on the show. And I want to make sure. I know we mentioned it earlier, but I want to make sure people know. Where to find you? Um, so, if you could give your social media handle again and then just let us know if there's anything else that you want to add or anything that you want to plug or any maybe rare cards that you're looking for, uh, just let us know. This is your time. Okay.
1: Yeah. Just uh, Instagram, mindcycle underscore cards, blowout, mindcycle. That's really the two platforms that I use. Uh, I'm looking for a 2006 uh 2006 2007 tops chrome gold earl boykins (laughs) if anybody sees that card hit me up is i've been looking at for for years and it's funny i was talking to a guy about that set who's chasing it right now which i'm selling a couple cards here actually and he's like i've never seen it either um so the,
0: the maravich collector
1: yeah 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 yep uh really cool guy he i had a couple because i love that year at tops chrome and right. I a couple it,
0: it really really pops compared to year. some of yeah. the other golds um i i know people are going to hear that today and think you know a card number to 25 there's a lot of stuff from that era that's 25 and under good luck right it's tough it is
1: Um, yeah those are those are really hard to come by they were the lowest numbered ones out of tops chrome and i i really think that when i got back into the hobby in 2010 just to throw this in real quick it'll be short i promise uh i bought a ton of those boxes uh because they're cheap they're like the cheapest tops chrome but then when i looked at them like wow these look great they didn't have a ton of great rookies that year really and i think that's why they sat around forever but check out that set. You know, if you're listening to this, check out right. that 06 set. It's in the golds. They're uh, some of the best golds. I think the best golds out of Topps Chrome. So yeah. Anyway, Earl Boykins hit me up. And yeah.
0: Please, <laughs> those of you out there, please check your dollar boxes at your local shows uh, because some of this stuff is, well, first off, it's worth more than a dollar, but these are some of these cards are in dollar boxes at the end of the world. And uh, <laughs> yeah. they just simply need to be unearthed. They're out there, but they just need to be unearthed. All right, Absolutely. Ryan, thank you so much. And we will chat again in the near future.
1: Thanks a lot, Kyle.
0: All right, well, there you have it. Thanks again to Ryan for taking some time out of his day and coming on the show to tell us about his collection. Maybe you have some thoughts about team collecting or something we talked about. Let me know on my Instagram, which is at Podcast, or my Twitter, which is at PC. Now, somehow I got on Instagram's naughty list this week, so I'm somewhat restricted on what I can reply to and what I can do on there. Hopefully that gets lifted soon, but just know that I am seeing it still. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Hit up the popping site for a link to the merch store, tag Taco Bell, and let them know they can pay me in burritos, or shop through my Fanatics link and I'll get a small cut. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.